And so, Savior, keep saving me. Keep saving us. We confess that we wander away, good shepherd. So help us to hear your voice. Cause us to preach, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. To hear your voice. What does the voice of God sound like? This is the Lord thy God commanding you to obey my law. Do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, I hear you. A deaf man could hear you. What? Nothing, I don't forget it. Oh, Lord, why have you chosen me? What would you have me do for you? I shall give you my laws, and you shall take them unto the people. Yes, Lord! of the Britons. Oh, don't grovel. One thing I can't stand, it's people groveling. Sorry. And don't apologize. Every time I try to talk to someone, it's sorry this and forgive me that and I'm not worthy. Arthur, King of the Britons, your knights of the round table shall have a task to make them an example in these dark times. Good idea, O oh Lord. Of course it's a good idea. Behold, Arthur, this is the Holy Grail. Look well, Arthur, for it is your sacred task to seek this grail. That is your purpose, Arthur. The quest for the Holy Grail. <laughs> well, we know that God spoke to Moses, and maybe he spoke uh, to King Arthur. And so what does his voice sound like, and have you ever heard it? A young minister was being interviewed by a church board for uh, the position of pastor at their church. And there was this old, hard-working, old Irishman on the board uh, that was in charge of interviewing candidates. And he looked the young man in the eye and he said, did God send you here? The young minister was kind of taken aback and he said, well, uh, actually, sir, I, I, I don't exactly know. I came down to see, you know, what the, did God send you here? And he said, oh, gosh, um, well, I, I just wanted to stop by uh, in order to check out the position. He interrupted him again. Young man, I asked you, did God send you here? 
And at that, this young minister gathered his courage and he said, I guess not. I, I just stopped by in order to check out the position. And, and at that, the old man leaned back in his chair and he said, good. The last four that we had all said that God sent him here and we had nothing but trouble with all four. <laughs> and so who was hearing the voice of God? Hard question. The four, the old guy in the chair, the young man. How do we hear the voice of God? You know, there are all sorts of seminars and courses that you can take on how to hear the voice of God. Got one in the mail the other day, you know, 10 secrets to hearing the voice of God. Five things that you can do to, to hear the voice of God. How do we hear the voice of God? And folks, you know, pay handsomely to get that knowledge because that's some valuable, 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 valuable knowledge. If you have that knowledge, if you have the knowledge of, you know, what's good and evil in every situation, if you can comprehend God's word at all times, you can just say, God says at any time. And be in control all the time. You might even be able to shape yourself in God's image. <laughs> Shape others in God's image too. If you could always say God says, God says, God says. But if God didn't say, well, what's that called? Well, that's called taking the Lord's name in vain. You see, that really has nothing to do with vocabulary and everything to do with saying God says for your own selfish purposes. It's false prophecy. In the Old Testament, punishable by death. And yet, if God did tell you to tell someone something, and you don't tell that someone that something, well, dang, you could like get swallowed by a whale, like Jonah. Or like Ezekiel, their blood would be on your head. So hearing God's voice is terribly, terribly, terribly important, but, but stressful, really stressful sometimes. One day when my son Coleman was a toddler, I told him, you know, Coleman, Jesus lives in your heart. And so Coleman started talking to Jesus. I turned around and I saw this. Coleman had his fingers in his ears. And he's going, Jesus? Jesus? I can't hear you. Where, where are you, Jesus? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Talk louder. Jesus, I can't hear you. For most of my life, I've felt like Coleman. Standing there with my fingers in my ears, yelling, Jesus, I can't hear you. Where are you? I can't hear you. And I'm a pastor. Duh! <laughs> I mean, I'm supposed to be like speaking the word of God right now. Stressful. For years, I, I used to pray, God, I can't seem to hear your voice, so if I'm out of your will, dang, could you just like break my arms? I mean, you could do that, right? Just break my arms. Years ago, at a pastor's luncheon here in downtown Denver, I sat next to this old black Pentecostal pastor, you know, the guys that hear the voice of God. And we were talking at lunch, and I was stressed and really frustrated with the whole how do you hear the voice of God thing. And so I turned to him, and I said, um, I don't know that I hear the voice of God. Do you hear the voice of God? I don't know that I do. And I remember this old guy, he looked at me for a minute, and then he said, well, 
you know, son, that's a strange thing for you to say. For Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And just then, someone called the meeting to order. And I panicked. I remember I sat there all lunch uh, and for months afterward, worrying, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not a sheep because I don't hear his voice. John 10. John 10. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, having just healed the blind man that we talked about last time. He's just said, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, the pen, by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door of the uh, by the door is the shepherd of, of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. They hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. All who came before me, thieves and robbers, all, well, that would include like who? Moses, <laughs> yeah, Abraham, David, thieves and robbers are those who do not enter by the door. What's the door? Who's the door? Next verse, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Psalm 23, David writes, Yahweh is my shepherd. Ezekiel 34, 15, I am that I am says, I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. And here Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is God somehow, or insane, or a demon. I mean, he doesn't leave us many other choices. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the door. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that, that his body broken is the door. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. 
Well, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. You see, they think that they are judging Jesus' words. And yet Jesus is the word that is their judgment. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said there are, they, these are not the words of one who has been oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my sheep really ought to hear my voice. He didn't say, my sheep need to take a class and learn how to hear my voice, dang it. He didn't say, if you hear my voice, then you are my sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And, and, and so maybe I ought to ask, am I his sheep? Acts 2.21, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have I done that? Yep. Then I'm his sheep. And I hear his voice. Remember when Jesus um, asked Peter, we talked about it last time, Peter, who do you, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I bet Peter was thinking to himself at that time, dang, I'm good, I figured it out, I'm, I'm pretty good. And Jesus said, no, Peter, I am the son of the living God, but, but flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. <laughs> you, flesh and blood, did not think that up. My father in heaven revealed that to you, Peter. Peter heard the voice of God. If you trust Jesus, you've heard the shepherd. And you may say, well, that's really weird because um, I, I don't remember exactly what he was saying. Do you know why that is? You're a dumb sheep. You're a dumb sheep following a smart shepherd. Well, uh, I obtained some cutting edge scientific research which actually reveals what a sheep hears when it listens to the shepherd's voice. And, and this is actually what, what a sheep hears when a shepherd talks. You, you ready? This is, this is what they hear. Blah, 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 fluffy, blah, blah. <laughs> See, it turns out that sheep don't speak English. And they don't, they, don't, they don't speak Hebrew. And yet, they do recognize their shepherd's voice. You know, in Wyoming, they herd sheep with dogs and ATVs and guns. But in Palestine, verse 4, the shepherd goes before them and the sheep follow. They follow not because the shepherd gives them a bunch of rules, laws, diagrams, maps. And not because they understand or comprehend the shepherd's voice. They follow because they know the shepherd's voice. They recognize the shepherd's voice. 
Because the shepherd goes to the spot where he wants them to be, and then he speaks. He, he calls, and, and they recognize his voice. Sheep navigate by following a person, and they hear that person's voice. This week at staff, Marietta shared about an experience she had uh, some time ago in the Holy Land. She watched this young, or somewhere near the Holy Land, she watched this young shepherd boy um, calling his sheep. The sheep were just walking all around, and then the shepherd boy began to speak, and he said some words, and immediately all the sheep came running to him. So Marietta thought, I'll try the very same thing. So she said the very same words, same intonations, and the sheep uh, didn't even notice. They did not know her voice. It wasn't familiar. Well, if you're his sheep, you've heard the shepherd's voice. And yet there are an awful lot of voices in this world. So, so how do you recognize the, the good shepherd's voice? How do you recognize anyone's voice? Do you take a class? You know, I've tried to find a class like that in Scripture. Can't find it. And yet Jesus does say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Father and I are one. That reminds me of John 1, verse 1. The Word of God and God are one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning, God spoke his word. And what happened? Everything! Creation! The voice of God is the voice of creation. R remember this box, the universe. Some of you may remember when we were preaching on, on Genesis and stuff. I imagine that this box is the universe, and I am God. It's just a little thing I like to imagine, okay? <laughs> He's got the whole universe in his hands. He's got the whole universe in his hands. And imagine that I spoke to the universe and the people in the universe. Hey, you people down there in the universe, how's it going? Love you guys. <laughs> well, everything in the universe moves, vibrates to the sound of my voice. And yet, my voice is not a thing in the universe. It's not just one more voice among many other voices. And, and do you see what that means? I mean, think about how you came uh, to trust Jesus, to follow Jesus. You, you might say something like this to yourself. Well, you know, um, I, I, I just remember there was this sunset. I, I, I saw the, the beauty in creation. 
or I felt love from this particular friend, or I, I read this particular book, I'm just seeking the truth, or, or actually, if I'm honest, this, well, this hot chick was going on the Young Life retreat, and, 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 I, and I went, and, and, I, and I got sick, and I, and I threw up, and, and well, I ended up talking to a counselor late into the night, and, and well, I decided to follow Jesus, and that's why I'm a Christian. Actually, that's not why you're a Christian. You're a Christian because God decided to speak and everything moved. Creation, friends, books, hot chicks, your stomach, and even your heart. And it's with the heart that we believe. God speaks and everything moves. Yet more than just moves, it is created. God speaks and everything is created, including me and my ears. How could anything not hear God? I mean, that's really, really the miracle if, if you think about it. Could God create something that could choose not to hear his voice. In John 12, Jesus says, Father, glorify thy name. And a voice booms down from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Some standing there said, that was a message. And others said, no, it was thunder. You see, they heard, and they did not hear God. Remember Mark 12, they asked Jesus, which commandment is most important of all? And he answers with Deuteronomy 6. Do you remember his answer? The most important commandment of all is here. <laughs> Imperative tense. It's, it's a commandment. Here, that the Lord your God is one, and thou shalt love. Indicative tense. Here, God is one. He is, he is love. He is one love. He is love. And you will love. You will love in his image. So God speaks here. And what happens when God speaks? Creation. Here, and you will love. But, 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 but we don't love very much. And we don't hear very well. And so we're just now being created in the image of love. And how are we being created? By the word of God. The voice of God is the voice of creation. And the voice of God is the voice of love. He who loves is born of God and knows God, writes John. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Love may begin with fear, but love is not fear. The voice of God is the voice of love and not fear. And the voice of God is the voice of truth and not lies, manipulations, and deceptions. It's the voice of light. God is light, writes John. 
And Jesus is the light of the world. John 1, 9, the true light which enlightens everyone. We, we just read that, did, but did you catch that? The true light which enlightens everyone, everyone, everyone. See, if you're a Pharisee, that, that, that's the, the problem that you have with the voice of God. You can't control it. And it, in, it enlightens everyone. I mean, it, it can show up in a sunset, a baby's cry, a lover's kiss. The, the word of God can show up anywhere. And the Pharisees like to say, it can't. It can show up here, but, but not there. Pharisees, like, they like to judge the word. And yet, check this out. The word is the judgment. John 12, Jesus says, I do not judge. But the word that I have spoken will judge on the last day. And so asking, how do I hear, how do I hear the voice of God is a little like asking, how do I judge the judgment? Maybe we really don't judge the word of God so much as the word of God judges us. And yet we really try to judge it, don't we? I mean, we, we really try. And, and how do we judge it? We judge it according to our flesh. We say stuff like this all the time. Well, that was the voice of God. I know that was the voice of God because when I did it, my, my wife came back, the business took off, and everybody loves me. It's the voice of God. It was the voice of God because it worked for me. You know, in Scripture, 11 of 12 guys follow the voice of God, the word, the good shepherd, and then and, and they were all poor. And I think they had some pretty challenging family dynamics, and they all died painful, agonizing, horrific deaths, except John, who's exiled to a, a prison colony. The voice of God does not work for you. The voice of God does not work. It works you. It works you. You see, the voice of God is, is judgment. It doesn't work for you, it works you. The voice of God is, is judgment. It'll cut you. It, it'll even kill you, that, that old you. And, and when you speak it, it'll cut others. And believe me, sometimes you will just feel like a, a fool. But in this fallen world, there's nothing better to speak. And when you speak it, you will be made in the image of God. Nothing's better than that. And yet here in this world, the perfected image of God is a man naked, beaten, and nailed to a tree. <laughs> That's the good shepherd. And we're following him. The word of God. The person on the tree. And so think about that. The voice of God is a person. You, you, you get what that means? Because see, I, I don't think we normally get what that means. It means that when you saw the sunset and you muttered to yourself, that, that's beautiful. It wasn't just the weather. It was a person calling to you. And when you felt the love in the auditorium at the, at, the, at the Young Life camp, it wasn't just sleep deprivation and teenage hormones. It was a person calling to you. 
And when you read the books, Seeking the Truth, it wasn't just print on a page. It was a person calling to you, seek me, seek me, seek me. I am truth. I am love. I am your creator calling you. And when you sinned, felt convicted and longed for grace, well, you were being judged, but by a person, the person of grace, who is grace. The voice of God is a person. He's bigger than all creation, and, and yet he made himself as small as a manger. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he's still among us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So creation, love, truth, judgment, and grace are not abstract principles that we apply to our lives, that we can go learn in a class. They're not just universal abstract principles that when we apply, make us all just the same. No, they're a person that enters your world, stands in a place that he wants you to be, and calls your name. You recognize his voice and follow. The voice is one, one voice, and yet each of us are, are, are different. And so the way is one, and yet reveal this countless roads and countless lives and countless sunsets, countless summer camps and books and, and countless failures, even failures, especially failures, for that's where we meet him and we learn his name, the word of God truth and love, the judgment of grace who creates us in his image. If you're his sheep, the voice has entered your world and is familiar to you. He is making himself familiar to you. That's how you come to recognize a voice, right? A person enters your world and, and they speak and they become familiar. He speaks your language. The good shepherd, he calls you by your name. He is closer to you than your next breath. A few years ago on my day off, my son Coleman and I explored the new sewer pipes under the Home Depot that they're building near our house. It was so cool. Seriously, we, call, we crawled for like a, a couple hundred yards back in these cement pipes buried deep underground, and it was absolutely pitch black. I mean, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. At one point, I quietly crawled ahead of Coleman and stopped. Coleman followed. After a while, I could hear Coleman saying, Dad? Dad, where are you? I, I can't hear you. Dad, uh, Dad, where are you? Dad! And I didn't answer. And he got louder. Dad, this isn't funny! Dad, where are you? Come on, Dad, talk to me! Dad, 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 where are you? And, and I didn't answer. See, the darkness and the silence 
made him just long for my voice. And that's cool, because see, he's a teenager. <laughs> and he does not always want to hear my voice, but now he did. He was desperate to hear my voice. He was screaming, Dad, where are you? And honestly, honestly, I was like an inch from his face. I could feel his breath. I let him scream for a while, and then, then he fell silent, and I said, hey, Coleman. <laughs> it was just awesome. It was so awesome. It was incredible. Seriously, it's like one of our greatest memories, father and son, one of our greatest memories, seeking me, finding me in the dark, closer than his next breath. One day, you will go down a dark tunnel. It's called death. They say each man, each woman must die his or her own death alone. And just about the time that you think that's true, when the darkness closes in and you think that you are utterly forsaken and utterly alone, you'll hear a voice. And check this out. It will be a familiar voice. And yet a voice you have longed to hear all of your life. And it will call your name. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, said Jesus. My sheep know my voice. Blah, 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 Peter, blah, blah. But now what do you do when you're down in the valley just munching away on, on the grass, listening to blah, 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 and some sheep walks up to you and said, hey, I just heard the good shepherd say, we should meet him in the highlands on a hill where the grass is green. What do you do with talking sheep? I mean, sheep that know English or Hebrew or whatever, what do you do? Well, this is what you do, be careful. Because it could be someone trying to get a job at your church or con some money out of you for their special class. Or it could be the good shepherd. Good shepherd, voice of God. See, that's what scripture calls prophecy or a word of knowledge. All sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, yet some sheep at certain times as a gift from the shepherd can hear sentences and phrases and even paragraphs if it wasn't for some of those faithful people in our body with that gift, I really don't think I'd be here today. I'm not sure that I'd even be alive today. It's a beautiful, incredible gift. And, and yet scripture tells me that I, I, dumb Peter Hyatt, must test every word. Why? Because I know the voice of my shepherd. And so I must ask, is it the voice of creation or desecration? Of truth or lies and manipulation? Is it the voice of, of love or fear? Is it the voice of God's judgment of grace or man's judgment of control? Is it the voice I know? the voice of my shepherd. Often in my experience, it, it really is. 
And it's incredible. And so often I've wondered, God, why don't you speak like that all the time and to everyone? Why not? You know, if he spoke the same to everyone, then none of us would have gifts to give to anyone, would we? We'd all be just the same. And if he spoke like that all the time, we probably wouldn't seek him any of the time. I mean, if he gave us a map that we could follow, if he gave us laws that we could actually do, uh, if he gave us a map, well, you see, we might not seek the person. And if he gave us human words, we might not really seek the living word. You know, there are no human words that can capture the living word. And yet we try. Religious people try. God's voice will come through some amazing and wonderful gifts like prophecy or or tongues and religious people will argue, well, uh, actually that's the only way it comes. And uh, by the way, I have that gift. (laughs) And God will speak through scripture and religious people will say, well, that's the only way that he speaks. And by the way, I have the scripture in my briefcase right now. I can explain it to you. And God will speak through his body, his people. And religious people will say, he only speaks through his people, the church, tradition, the church council, the synagogue, the church. And by the way, I am the church. See, Pharisees, guys like me sometimes think they own the word, (laughs) control the map. Pharisees think that they control God's voice. And so what do they do? They, they, they try to nail him down. They don't want to hear God's voice. They want to control God's voice. With knowledge of the voice, they defend themselves from the voice. With knowledge of the good, they crucify the person who is good. You see, if I have directions, if I have some laws, if I have a map... I don't need the person. (laughs) Maybe I don't want the person. Thieves and robbers don't want the person. They take the map and break down the door. Pharisees take the map and nail the door, nail the person to a tree. You know this, the, the voice of God is Jesus. So maybe the question isn't, is God speaking? Or how can I hear his voice? But do I want to hear his voice? In other words, do I trust Jesus? You know, that's the difference between sheep and goats. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says that At the judgment, like a shepherd, he will separate the sheep from the goats. And so you always wonder, how does a shepherd separate the sheep from the goats? We we went to Israel a few years ago and we saw it. 
all over the hills of Jerusalem, kind of like wherever you looked in the Judean countryside, there'd be shepherds, uh, shepherds uh, walking and talking. Behind each one would follow a flock of sheep. They wanted to be where the shepherd was. And in front of each shepherd would be driven a flock of goats. Sheep follow. Goats are driven with goads of fear. Sheep follow and goats are driven. Sheep are called and goats are driven. And goats just can't choose to become sheep. Just like we can't choose to want to follow the good shepherd. You know, for a goat to become a sheep, it needs to be like born again. Remember uh, Paul of Tarsus, who used to be Saul? His experience on the Damascus Road when Jesus appeared in front of him. And do you remember what he said? He said, Saul, Saul, it's hard to kick against the goads. Old Pharisee Saul was a goat who Jesus turned into a sheep. He was born again. You know, maybe I'm a goat and a sheep, an old man and a new man. I uh, am goaded with fear, and yet I also follow in love. I need to confess the goat and thank God for the sheep who like a lamb is being born in me. We can't make ourselves want to follow Jesus, but Jesus can make us want to follow Jesus. Why? He's the word of God. All things are made through him, even your faith. So perhaps people are created by the word, choosing not to hear the word so that they can meet the word and then choose the word by grace as faith. So that they can choose to love the word in freedom. Remember, we are predestined for freedom. All creation is a classroom for the soul that we might fall in love with the voice of God, our creator, who is Jesus. A few weeks ago, I told you about my Damascus Road experience at a conference in, in Canada where God was doing amazing, miraculous things all around me, but not to me. Or so I thought. I, you see, was in the dark. But the last day of the conference, uh, by that day, I, I had basically told God, I mean, I really told God this. I said, you know what, God, you speak to everyone else, but not to me. They can all hear your voice, but I can't hear your voice. So I'm leaving. I'm leaving the ministry. Well, it was that afternoon that I heard what I told you about a few weeks ago. I heard God audibly in my head. It's the only time I've ever heard him like this, but I, I heard him say this to me. Um, he said, Peter, you don't love my bride very much, do you? 
And immediately I knew exactly what he was talking about. It was judgment, and yet it was truth spoken in absolute love without blame. It was grace creating me in God's image. Well, I told you about that incredible experience a few weeks ago, but I didn't tell you about what happened that night. I went back for the evening worship and I found the old Roman Catholic lady that had prayed for me earlier in the day and I said to her, look, I don't fall down. I don't do the fall down thing. So I'll just lay down and you pray for me. Would you pray for me? Okay. And so she did. And it started gradually at first. I mean, this is the wild thing. It started like this tingling in my fingertips and then it moved down my fingertips and into my body until it was like my whole body was just pulsing with electricity, like waves shooting through me. I had my hands in the air as I was lying back like this, hands in the air in praise. And as I was lying there, I felt like something had my hands. And then I realized that I I couldn't move my hands. And then I realized that there was like this pressure pressing down right here below my hands on my arms. And I remember thinking to myself, God's going to break my arms. And I was so excited because I thought this will at last be conclusive proof for the existence of God. But it was just, it was amazing. I I thought he's going to break my arms. At the time, I didn't understand what was going on. I remember thinking, why is this happening? Well, it was like a year or two later that I remembered, oh yeah, I always pray, God, if I'm out of your will, just break my arms. And that was the day that I said, I was leaving and 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 he showed me I can break your arms and check this out it was profoundly comforting to me he can do that thy rod and thy staff they comfort me they comfort me and now if that sounds frightening to you let me say that at that moment I was filled with so much joy I literally thought that I might die from joy overload that it just might kill me Weird stuff was going on in my body, you see, but far more was going on in my soul. In fact, I said to the little old lady that was praying for me, I didn't hear this in the same way I heard it before, but, but I said this to her. I said, Jesus just called me a dork. And I remember this sweet little old lady. She said, oh, honey, he wouldn't do that. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, he would. He speaks my language. He speaks my language, and he's talking to me, and he's saying, Peter, stop being a dork. Stop doubting my love for you, for at that moment, it was like the curtain was pulled back on all my life and I saw in an instant that God was everywhere, everywhere, every time speaking to me. Wherever I thought a good thought about him, wherever I felt love, wherever I longed for truth, he, he was speaking to me. I remember I thought I thanked him for Sunday school teachers and for the rock band U2, all these things where I saw God was speaking to me. In all creation, he was speaking and I was hearing and he had been speaking, and I had been hearing, as if all creation was God's voice causing me to see Jesus, who is God's voice, calling to me. And get this, I realized I didn't need to worry about how to hear. I needed to know that I did hear because I wanted to hear. In fact, when I'm driven in fear to hear, I don't hear. Why? Because I'm stuck on me. But when I just worship Jesus, I am hearing the voice of God. He's calling Peter, 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 I love you. Come home. I'm your home. 
so how does the good shepherd cause us to be born anew? How does the voice of God cause us to want him, to, to see that he's good? Well, the word of God works all things together for the good. And, and what is the good? The word of God arranges everything to show us the good. The word of God arranges everything to show us this, that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All creation is a stage built by the word of God to cause you to trust the word of God in order to show you this, that on the night we delivered him up, he took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body given to you like a door. Take and eat. And in the same manner, he took the cup saying, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. Behold, the voice of God through whom all things are created. Behold, love and truth. Behold, God's judgment of grace. Behold, Jesus Christ and him crucified. See the word, trust the word, and be created in his image. You know, the new creation, the kingdom of heaven, is the manifestation of God's voice. Well, if you don't learn to trust his voice, <laughs> you're not gonna enjoy it very much in heaven. And so see his voice, trust his voice, believe the gospel, and worship. We invite you to come to the table, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, and ingest it. God's word in your life and worship. In other words, don't leave after you take communion, but worship. Sing to him, worship him, want him, and you hear him, amen? And so do you want to hear the voice of the shepherd? Jesus says he's the good shepherd. The, the word in Greek, kalos, can also be translated the beautiful shepherd. He's an attractive shepherd. <laughs> do, do, do you want to hear his voice? Then you do. Isn't that cool? And this is what it means. It means you can anytime, anywhere. You, you see, I get so stressed that I, I missed his voice somewhere. Like, we should have done this, or we should have done that, or we shouldn't have done I mean, this just stresses me out, you know. And I wonder, can I hear your voice? And, and God, am I so far off the poor path that, that I messed every, every, everything, everything up? But he's, he's, the good, he's the good shepherd. He didn't say, I'm the anal retentive shepherd. I'm the nitpicky shepherd. I'm the grumpy shepherd that just everything ticks me off. He said, I, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. And at any point, Peter, you can call my name and you can be back on the path. Why? Because I am the path. Even if you're lost and the wolf is about to consume you, he's the shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And so wherever you are, whenever you are, whatever you're doing, just call on him, worship him, and you're on the path. He is the path.
In Jesus' name, believe the gospel and follow. Amen.